Pickaxe. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, what's the best game where you get to eat pie? What's the best game where you play a dead guy? This looks boring. What are you on about? It All of great. their games, they look boring. It doesn't look boring. It looks like it you're an assassin on the Isle of Man. But it doesn't have the kind of... Wow. The steampunk quail-based economy is incredible. Yeah, boring. <laughs> VG247's Best Games Ever podcast is ostensibly a show about figuring out what the best game in a weirdly specific category is, but it's actually just about petty arguments. You should listen to it. It's good. Is that it? That's the whole promo? Uh, yeah, it was just doing And it. that's supposed to make people subscribe, is it? Yes. Okay, good luck with that. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Hello and welcome to Kirsty and Briny's comfort zone. I'm Kirsty and I am Briny and we are here to listen to each other's dreams and work out what the heck is going on inside our heads. What the heck? I'll, I'll give you a spoiler. The answer is absolutely nothing. <laughs> Bugger all. Kirsty's dreams have abandoned her yet again, I'm afraid. My mind is a dreamless hellscape, once again. Whereas mine has been... I've been having dreams all over the place. Even some that I've not recorded, but I've woken up and just been like, huh. Like, I had one night before last that was about a friend of mine who I used to work with. And Mm -hmm. we were in, like, a warehouse that was dressed up like a supermarket... Uh, and we were filming a members video where this friend of mine had to chase everyone around and then if he caught them he had this little plastic uh, horn slash kazoo that he would have to go (laughs) and if you heard that noise it meant someone had been got (laughs) and I remember there was all these like clothing racks (laughs) And I was like, I'm going to hide amongst the clothing racks because he'd never find me there because he had a blindfold on at first. Uh, and I was like, he's not going to like feel around on the floor underneath clothes. So I hid there. And then I was like, actually, I'm going to hide somewhere else. And I stood up and he was just directly behind the clothing rack and he just got me. And I was like, oh, but yeah, Rest in peace. just tiny, weird dreams like that have been. I think I'm just leeching all of your dreams. That's what it is. All. Yeah, you're just stealing all of my dreams. Sorry. I've just had like a few once again. I feel like I'm coming to every episode. Like I've had a couple of little ones and I've not been able to record them because there's not enough to them. Uh and that's pretty much it. Like I um I had one the other day. I don't even remember much about it, but I know it was on a bus. Again, a bus. I've been dreaming a lot about buses whenever oh, I do yeah. dream. Um but I was on a bus and we were like doing a tour and there were lots of farmers fields around us and they were growing some sort of crop I don't know what 
but also tulips. So like alongside whatever the crop was, they grew tulips because for some reason they like helped each other to grow. Um, yeah. Yeah. So there were tulips everywhere, and that was kind of it. Like that was the only thing I remember. Is a sign you want to go to the Netherlands? Maybe. Maybe. You want to wait? When did you have that dream actually? Uh. Only a couple, of, maybe even yesterday. I wonder if that was because you uh, were thinking of Xylus and your played up arguments. <laughs> I, how could I ever forget? <laughs> oh, you dear. wanted to see him calmed into a lovely, tranquil tulip field <laughs> instead of the raging i can't think of any other windmill i don't know do they rage sometimes <laughs> if it's windy yeah. something that's angry <laughs> Zyla. oh yeah the raging like the raging xylus he is <laughs> oh my um, goodness i went to this thing yesterday that was do you know terry uh, gilliam i've heard of them so he did the animated sequences for Monty Python and he also acted oh, in some yes. Monty Python stuff. Yes, 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 of course, yes, I do know them. Uh, but he also does like directing in his own right and things like Baron Munchausen and Fisher King and like all of these films. And um, he he was receiving the Ardman Award for Slapstick. Uh, and they did this like interview and then presented him with the award at the Bristol Old Vic. So we went down to watch that. That's cool. And um, there was a chance to ask questions. Did you invite him to the podcast? <laughs> oh my gosh, no, I should have done. <laughs> <laughs> but at the beginning, I was like, I can't think of a question to ask him. I can't think of anything. And then as soon as I sat down in the auditorium, I was like, I should have asked him if his work was ever influenced by dreams. Oh. And then I could have recorded it and just put it into the podcast, just spliced it in. Oh, <laughs> as if we're like, oh, I've got someone on the phone here. <laughs> Let me just ask them. <laughs> oh. But he did mention dreams at one point. Oh, really? So I think I think they did uh, influence him a bit. Oh, that's cool. Um, what did what did he say about them? Uh, he was just sort of saying like how. Back in, I think it was when they were doing maybe Life of Brian. He talked about like having to do all nighters and being in like a dreamlike state at like three in the morning when he's trying to like piece things together. Um, and then he was also saying like, I think because he was working so intensely on things, I think he would dream about them, sort of thing. But but yeah, I wish mm. I I wish I had a vest. And also then asked him to come on the podcast. Yeah, should have. <laughs> it was so sweet, though, because there was all these like, we've got a message from someone now. And um, one of them was like Michael Palin. And there Aww. was, you know, the actor Jonathan Price. He had done one as well. And oh, it was it was so good. Oh, it was very sweet. The Michael Palin one was so funny. Um, he was just like... Uh, like, because there were other, like, randomly there was a Robert De Niro one. What? Who I think had, like, a small part in one of his films, but he was obviously just, like, I guess someone had heard about it and was just like, oh, can you do this? And he was just like, yeah, well done on getting your award. 
yeah, I'm really proud of you. I'll, I'll see you around. And it was just a bit generic. Whereas the Michael Palin one, he was like, that's telling me that you've won an award in, in Bristol. Terry, why are you doing this? Just just come home. Your family are worried about you. <laughs> None of this stuff. It was really good. And then the Jonathan Price one, he was really sweet and saying like, oh, you know, I'm so I'm so proud you've you've done this. And then he was like, okay, well, I'll be seeing you. And then he just like carried on for a while, just being like, why has he won an award? All of this stuff. How do I turn this off? <laughs> <laughs> It was just oh, it was a it was a sweet evening. That's so sweet, very cute. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I, oh, it's so annoying when you miss a chance when you're like you think of it too late. God, yeah, I'm, I do that all the bloody time, all it's the like time. Lying awake thinking of something you should have responded with. Mm-hmm. <laughs> have you ever seen that episode of um, Seinfeld where George? is eating lunch in a board meeting and someone makes a joke and then he can't think of anything to say and then that night he thinks of a response so he tries to set up the exact same scenario to get the guy to say it again so he can respond. (laughs) I haven't seen that. (laughs) If I ever go to another talk... With Terry Gilliam, I know what to ask. I know exactly what to ask. <laughs> I'm prepared now. <laughs> um, would you like to hear? I have brought two dreams to the oh, podcast. Over a team, uh, I'm <laughs> such a nerd. Nerd. <laughs> um, one of them is at the very end of January, and then one of them is just breaching into February, which is, I don't know why I said breaching. Like a whale. <laughs> or I was thinking like a baby. Going in backwards. Or coming out backwards. I'm dragging it out. <laughs> Drag these dreams out. But it's the 1st of February, and sorry to date the podcast, but it's... Now the 19th. Does that mean I've not had a dream in 18 days. You're rubbing off on me. Oh, bloody All hell. this time I've been like, this is fine. I've got so many dreams in the bank, but this is it now. No, you need to have more dreams. We're going to have to get rid of the Embacron. Well, <laughs> like a last resort. <laughs> That's it. Call Rithian in. Go get him in. Press the emergency button. <laughs> Break glass in case of no dreams. It's just got Rithian in it. <laughs> um, well, hopefully... We're going on holiday tomorrow. Maybe we can rub our heads together and we'll have dreams. And cuddle. Is that how it works? Like uh, balloons. Instead of making static, we'll make dreams. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering if we could... um, So the Airbnb we're staying in has two bedrooms. One has a double bed and the other has bunk beds. And I was wondering what if we uh, shared the bunk beds and we recorded a live comfort zone. Oh my god. <laughs> She's like, Kirsty, I had a bad dream. Tell I me what a, it means. A dream. Oh my god, that's such a good idea. <laughs> I said I would take the bunk beds, but Kat was like, no, it's your birthday, you have to have the double bed. But now that's an excuse. <laughs> I'll just get in the double bed, it's fine. <laughs> no, no, you Middle you, of the night. You 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 you're in the bunk bed with me. We need okay. to do this. <laughs> <laughs> or I'll just wander over and just get in bed like, Rania had a dream. <laughs> I'm recording, by the way. <laughs> oh, cute. Well, um, 
Would you like to hear my last dream of January? Yes. Okay. Three, two, one, go. I had a dream that I was inside some sort of video game. I don't remember, but there was dinosaurs. And I remember going into a, a big cafeteria and all of a sudden the queue was huge. And I got handed some mints, like, um, glassier mints. And there were two in a packet, and I was like, what? And then I looked across at the next table, and Martin Freeman was there. No, it wasn't Martin Freeman, it was the other fella. Um, what was it? Bob Odenkirk. <laughs> I don't know. He was one of them. And, um gave me like a knowing smile and then oh yeah there was something about I had been attacked or something or there was some sort of threat and this girl gave me a like a special mace and I, I was like swinging it around and I was like, oh, thank you. They had like retractable spikes. And then I said to her like, oh, what would a gnome do in my situation? And she went all like, oh, why would I know what a, what a gnome would do? Why would you ask that? Why, why would you specifically ask a gnome? And I was like, hang on a minute. Is she part gnome? So I was just trying to like play it cool, just like. Oh, well, I just know that they're very smart and inventive, so I was just trying to figure out what one of them would do or something. Um, and then she went off to get lunch. Um, but before that, there'd been a scene where I was Emma Stone, and I, like, burst into a room, and the room was really, like, dramatically painted and decorated so there was like dark greens and everything had this like smeary black over it um and I was there to try and like talk to these two children but then a dog came along and I was like oh geez I better go but anyway back to the cafeteria after I had had my my mint <laughs> my mints I went outside the back way and there was like this big volcanic run and it was filled with all the tough dinosaurs and I was like running along trying to make it through and then I suddenly thought like oh no I never got the easy dinosaur he was just a little guy oh, I think I was heading back to like the first level area to go and get he um Oh, at one point I was on a roundabout back in my hometown and there were just different buses going everywhere. And I was like, oh, Alex, you got to, like, your bus has just turned up. But there was, like, three other buses that weren't his or something. I don't know. I don't know. Bye-bye. I am stealing your dreams. I've got the buses now. <laughs> and the video games. Oh, my gosh. Theft. Theft. <laughs> Bring them back. I have like absolutely 
And apart from one tiny bit of it right towards the end, I had no memory of that dream or recording that whatsoever. Really? Oh my <laughs> I was God. just thinking, when is this going to come back to me? This is, I must have been so tired when I recorded <laughs> this. Oh my gosh. Oh, I don't know why I got Martin Freeman and Bob Odenkirk <laughs> mixed <laughs> Oh, it wasn't that guy. It was, you know, the other one. The other yeah, fella. the other one. The, the other completely different man. That one. <laughs> oh, oh, that dear. was that was pretty wild. You were scooting all over the place. Yeah. The only bit of it that I did start to remember was I remember leaving a cafeteria and going towards, like, volcanic dinosaur land. Uh, and then being like, oh, nope, forgot something, oh, and turning no, around. Let's not go there. Other than that, it, nope. <laughs> <laughs> just, just completely gone. Um, I don't think, I wonder if mints are going to be in my Yeah, your little uh, glassy mints. Yeah, I've not had glassier mints in ages. I mean, I don't really like mint, which is probably why. Fair. Uh, that would That would explain it. <laughs> there is no mint in the book oh what was what about sweets oh yeah sweets i'm trying to think if i would have i don't i don't remember if i would have like seen a polar bear <laughs> around this time because obviously <laughs> they stand on top of mints a lot that's what they're famous for doing they uh, do yeah they they love Glassiments, especially. Sweet says seafoods. Oh, these tend to represent, turn page, sensual pleasure. <laughs> oh, okay. Wow. Thank you. Thank Great. you. Thank you. Of course. Dinosaurs. <laughs> I mean, at this time, I would have just finished reading uh, Legends and Lattes, which has a whole bit where they go into... Like uh oh no, actually is that spoilers? There's there's a couple of gnome characters. Um so I guess that would have been why and like the the coffee machine that they get is like a new gnomish uh invention sort of thing. So that would explain the gnome part. I love how not offended but like suspicious she got when you started mentioning gnomes. Gnomes? What, why, was you, why was you into a gnome? Why, why would you want to ask a gnome? Gnome? I don't know a gnome. It's just like a, a gnome wearing stilts and a big moustache. <laughs> I've never, never seen a gnome before. I've never, never been a gnome in my life. I hardly know them. <laughs> uh, so for dinosaurs, I know we've looked up dinosaurs before, but it says, see prehistoric as well. So for dinosaur, it says... When we dream of monsters or prehistoric animals, we are touching into very basic images which have the power to frighten and amaze us. Because they are considered to be so large, we need to be aware of whether it is their size or their power which is frightening. I remember being frightened of the dinosaurs. But then again, I don't remember the dream. So maybe I was. <laughs> what was the, where was the dinosaur in the dream again? I, Outside the cafeteria. Oh, was he hungry? Well, I think... The way the video game worked was Waiting for lunch. Yeah, it was just it was just a dinosaur cafe. There is actually a game that I keep on saying is like uh, 
made up, but it, dinosaurs. I can't remember the name of it. I think you make pizza as a oh. dinosaur. But it was like when you left the cafeteria, you could either, there was like a nice little outside gardeny bit uh, that just had like your, your little cute herbivores and friendly dinosaurs. And then when you went out the back of the cafeteria, there was like the scary, like um, in Fantasia, when dinosaur world is scary now, it was mm-hmm. like that with like, you know, exploding volcano in the background and all the ground is gray and scary and you might get eaten. Um, Don't get so eaten. It says prehistoric. Being aware in a dream that something is prehistoric is to recognize that feelings and emotions we have arise literally from before the time we were able to understand ourselves. <laughs> a good couple of weeks ago then. When we have not fully integrated and comprehended the basic urge for survival, it is possible for us to be self-destructive without necessarily appreciating why. That's why I was eating mints. Don't like mints. That's pretty (laughs) self-destructive. Often in dreams, the landscape or scenario appears to be prehistoric. This is before thought and before we had the ability to record our impressions. If one believes that babies are conscious of the world they will enter before birth that these impressions can appear in later life as prehistoric images. For instance, a barren landscape might indicate a lack of love. Oh. <laughs> oh, no. I don't feel unloved. Should I? Oh. <laughs> Am I loved? <laughs> Tell me you love me, Kirsty. <laughs> I love you, Brandy. I love Thank you. you. <laughs> My landscape isn't barren. Oh. <laughs> Um, that is so strange. I mean, my birthday's coming up. Could I be thinking that I, I'm of, you know, being back in the in in the womb? Am I back in the scary hellscape of birth? Oh my god! <laughs> and yeah. I want to go. I want to go back to the nice dinosaurs now. Being in your thirties is scary. It's a barren <laughs> volcanic <laughs> landscape. <laughs> It's true. Can confirm. There's <laughs> uh, another bit. It says spiritual progression requires us to understand our physical, emotional, mental, and spiritual urges. In this context, the prehistoric images indicate the lack of ability to integrate either the various parts of ourselves successfully or to integrate with society. So it is. I'm awkward. That's what it's telling me. It's just telling you you're awkward. I could have told you that book. Awkward and hungry. <laughs> yes. But not for mints. Just like me for real. <laughs> There's a whole section for precipice. And it's just a nice word. I wasn't on a precipice, but I just appreciate you. <laughs> I appreciate that it's there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Of all the things, like there's so many words that it doesn't have in that book, and then precipice is there. Precipice. Uh, I've looked up volcano. See if this helps. An erupting no. volcano usually signifies. Wait, do I want to look this up in this Freudian book? An erupting volcano usually signifies that we are not in control of a situation or of our emotions, of which there may be a hurtful release. Oh. If the lava is more prominent, feelings will run very deep. If the lava has cooled, then there has been a deep passion which has now cooled off. If the explosiveness is more noticeable, oh, anger may be more oh, prominent. Oh. <laughs> no, 
Just a... Just anchor. Yeah. I mean, I don't remember being... Although, right, to be fair, to be fair to the book, uh, I have been grumpy. I think I was quite... I, I feel better now. But I think in the last couple of weeks, I have been quite grumpy. Maybe I am the volcano. You know when you just get to that point where you're like, if one more person in chat says something, I'm going to kick off. <laughs> I'm like always two seconds away from from just snapping. This is it. Brian's tired <laughs> of being nice. Brian's going to go ape shit. I think it's just sometimes it do be like that. Like, and it's not like any one particular person's fault. Usually the person that if you do, if you have had enough, you usually, and not just in like Twitch chat or anything, just in the world in general, usually the person who finally ends up taking it is, it's just like the last straw, isn't it? It's not that they've yeah. done anything. It's just that they were the one who pushed you over. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um but yeah, maybe yeah, maybe I have been grumpy and it was a sign that I wanted to go back to the friendlier dinosaurs <laughs> that were just the friendlier dinosaurs. Feelings. Not the angry they, ones. They do say that dinosaurs are representative of like is that like base childhood emotions and stuff, wasn't it? So Yeah, I guess maybe so. it's that I foresaw a a a future, a path that I could go down that was terrifying and volcanic and i thought you know what i'm just gonna go back to the cafeteria garden <laughs> and pet just gonna go and, and have a nice time a and little. not be mad do you say diplodocus or diplodocus uh i want to say diplodocus but i think it's a diplodocus i think i say diplodocus but i prefer the f- mouthfeel of diplodocus. diplodocus yeah same also sounds more greek and it probably is a Greek word. Should I Google it? Yeah. Because I think most dinosaurs dip have Greek names. Lodocus. Until T-Rex came along and they thought, let's just chuck a little bit of Latin in there for good measure. Both pronunciations are acceptable. Oh. I, so somebody, a BBC science correspondent said, I surveyed, surveyed paleontologists last year and said, Plodocus one. However, to make matters more confusing, other experts at the Natural History Museum offer a third version. Diplodocus. 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 This is like when someone said that instead of having the scone slash scone argument, you should try and pronounce it like the word one and it should be called a squan. And I was like, no, don't, don't, don't throw more options. <laughs> this is bad enough. <laughs> if following the Greek rules, the yeah. correct pronunciation should be diplodocus with a soft O to rhyme with liplodocus. Oh, diplodocus then. Diplodocus. Ah, okay. Diplodocus. Diplodocus. Diplodocus does sound like some philosopher philosopher yeah yeah ah the wise teachings of diplodocus he loved dinosaurs and leaves (laughs) he loved really high up leaves (laughs) (laughs) what a cool guy 
Um, yeah. The other thing is that it could be as simple as we're going on holiday f- to fossil hunt, so oh, I could yeah, have true, just been yeah. thinking about dinosaurs. <laughs> <Sorry> about that. <laughs> and I've been playing Skyrim, and I guess some parts of that are quite dark, uh, but other parts are very pretty. So yeah. it could and be as basic sort of dinosaur as... bones, but they're actually dragons. Yes. Oh, I I really wish I could just be friends with the dragons in Skyrim. I hate every time I have to kill one. I'm like, what's my motivation here? Why would I want to do this? Whilst it burns down a town, I'm like, yeah, but yeah, but is why? it really that bad though? Like, <laughs> he's probably just angry. Yet he was the without sin cast the first. <laughs> Could you honestly say your village doesn't deserve a little burning? (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least Parthenax is there. Yeah, little party snacks. He's a good boy. He's a good guy. He's a good boy. (sighs) (sighs) Um, I guess I sort of, maybe, I don't even remember why, why would Martin Freeman slash Bob Odenkirk even be there? I don't think uh, I've... Had you oh. been watching Better Call Saul or something no. with Martin Freeman in it? I think I saw a trailer for something that maybe had Bob Odenkirk in and I had that moment of like, is that he? But I don't remember what it was. What is he in? Hmm. What's he in? Oh, Bob Odenkirk. Yeah, I swear. Is he in anything that's about to come out? Oh, oh, oh! Ulysses pre-production. Mm. Hello, what is this? Hello. Oh no, it's a cowboy movie. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like watching cowboy things. I have a feel like I, I've spoken about this before, haven't I? Like something about cowboys makes me uncomfortable. Really. Do you- what is your, um, maybe this is too deep a conversation to randomly bring up. Basically, That's when fine. we went to that Terry Gilliam thing yesterday, um, the, there's, have you ever seen uh, The Adventures of Baron Munchausen? No. It came out in like 88 and it wasn't very well received and it wasn't very well uh, circulated anyway. It's one of those things that I saw it all the time because my parents must have taped it off TV and... Mm-hmm. Back in those days, the only films you watched were the ones you had on VHS that had <laughs> yeah. been taped off of TV. So to me, it was like a film that was, you know, I watched it all the time. But I was thinking back to it and I was thinking if I watched it now, I feel like it would make me very uncomfortable because there's stuff like there's like a very young Uma Thurman in it. I guess she must have been a teenager right. at that time. And then, like, the main character is very smitten with her and they're like dancing together and stuff. And as a child, you're sort of watching it and you're like, I feel a bit uncomfortable about this and I don't really know why, but uh, I don't know. I'm I'm a kid. Um, whereas thinking back to it, I'm just like, oh no, that is a bit creepy because he's very like problematic. Yeah, I think he must have been like 50, 60. Oh, <laughs> like, it's a, it's a big age difference. Um, also, that again might be that I was a child, so he looked a lot older. But um, but I'm pretty sure he was, there was a fair distance between them. But um, 
But yeah. But how do you feel about like, do you have films and TV and things that you're like, I would rather commit this to memory? Yeah. Yeah. There's that of their time. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, even just like trash TV, like I love like crime shows and stuff, right? And there was that time that I was binge watching NCIS. Um, but the thing with shows like that is that they've been going since like the late 90s, if not earlier. Stuff like Law and Order, CSI, NCIS, blah, 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 blah. So a lot of the really early episodes are really problematic. Yeah. And it's like, I can't recommend this to someone because they're going to start with those episodes and they're not good. Like there's a lot of like yikes stuff and it's like, I just want to sort of skip to the present day, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of stuff that really hasn't aged well um, in that sort of genre for sure. And obviously a lot of other places too, but I just watch trash TV, so... Mm. (laughs) it's one of those things that some things i'm like oh is it okay to accept that it's of its time and just watch it in spite of it or because i guess i was thinking last night with um all the monty python stuff there were some things that when you watch them and you're like okay this is like the 80s this is just the way of thinking at the time okay but then when they did their reunion tour and they were still doing some of those things i was like no now it's really uncomfortable you should know better now yeah (laughs) yeah i I think that sort of reminds me of um ben elton was he was he involved in um monty python Ben he was trying to think. Blackadder. Oh, he was Blackadder. Black yes, yeah. he was in Blackadder. So that's it's, it's, it's somewhat of a jump, but it's just like they're, they're sort of similar. Um, I mean, I imagine Blackadder was in a similar boat. I, I don't really know. I don't. I didn't really watch a lot of Blackadder. Um, but you know, maybe some of the early episodes of that might have had some, you know, yikes jokes too. Yeah. But like, I've talked about this book that we read in our oh, little book yeah. club that Ben Elton wrote <laughs> that was so so bad yeah <laughs> and you could tell it was written by someone that was like stuck in their ways and would be the kind of person to be like well you shouldn't be offended at this blah 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 blah. you know and yeah. would be absolutely the kind of person to be like yeah this worked in the 80s let's do it now it's <laughs> <laughs> like i was saying to alex like oh it's part of this like uh people getting older and, you know, they say, oh, as you get older, you get more conservative. And he was like, I don't know if it's that they're changing. I think it's the fact that they're not changing. Yeah. The, yeah. And, you know, the world has moved on and they're just... Well, it's like the whole thing about, um, you know, when people start to say like, oh, you know, it's it's woke now and cancel culture. As I say that I'm being silenced to my 20,000 followers. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, so so silenced. <laughs> dear, oh dear. Yeah. But I would like to go back and watch some of those. Because especially like, so uh, he did this film called Jabberwocky. And I never watched it because well, I was too young. It was on like... We had a VHS where my parents had recorded Holy Grail off the TV and then recorded Jabberwocky afterwards. So there would be like, Holy Grail would finish. There'd be like the the little glitchy screen. Probably, do you remember the old animated number 
twos for the BBC two yeah. where they're mm-hmm. like, oh, those are so iconic, but it would be like one of those would flash up and then Jabwocky would begin. So at the end of Holy Grail, I would always try and go as quiet as I could so that mum wouldn't come in, realize the film had finished. And I would like try and watch as much Jabwocky as I could. So for me, it's always been this like big built up film of like, how much of this can I watch? There was, it does like start off with um, this guy getting like stalked by the Jabberwocky and then he gets torn apart. And when I did actually get to watch that scene, I never tried watching it again because I was like, oh my gosh, this is terrifying. Why did you watch this? But looking back, when you see how i mean if you look at like the jabwocky imdb page and you can see just how ridiculous it is like they've clearly like buried a guy in the ground up to his head and then put this fake skeleton underneath and he's just there like (laughs) (laughs) it's so dumb oh my god but maybe i will one day (laughs) brave watching it you can do it i believe did your parents ever have anything that they censored from you um not Really? I think one of the things I do remember is that my mum had The Exorcist on VHS. I think she had like a special edition or something. And um, she didn't like, I mean, I I never tried to watch it, but I think that's because she like actively said to me, this is really scary and you should never watch it. Yeah. Like she probably said something along those lines and it just seemed like almost like a supernatural level of scary. Like there's a ghost in that you know um so i just never went near it but <laughs> but but like they, i don't think they ever i i was never like stopped from watching anything um yeah it's like you know i've said those times before like one of my first video games was doom on oh yeah you know and like i'm sitting there fucking i don't know <laughs> three or four years old probably just like (laughs) 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 and and yeah like I I, I mean I didn't really ever try to watch anything that was too spicy I don't think like I I was just watching Disney films (laughs) well I remember with Holy Grail my mum would always come in and fast forward through the scene where they talk about spanking there's a bit (laughs) where uh, Michael Palin's character is like caught up with all these, I think it's like a convent or something. There's all these women and they're just like, oh, oh, it's so perilous and stuff. And oh, no, no, he, they, they try to rescue him and they're like, we can see you're in peril. And he's just like, no, 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 I'm not in peril. I'm fine. And then uh, he's like, oh, maybe just a little bit of peril. I can handle it sort of thing. And they drag him out. And I never got to see that scene until I was like old enough to not be, um, I think I was Aww. like adulthood. <laughs> and I was just like, what is the scene in that? Yeah. Uh, no, the, one of the ones with us was, uh, oh, I never really, I think I've only seen Holy Grail a couple of times, but we had Life of Brian on DVD. Yeah. Um, so that was the one that we would watch all the time. And it's got a willy in it. It's got a willy in it. And it never, it, <laughs> never any attempt at censoring was made ever. Like, it was like, yeah, this woman's getting stoned. Okay. Yep. Uh, that guy's naked. <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> You know, it's just, there was never any attempt to hide that. One of my friend's parents uh, taped over the sex scene in Top Gun with Tintin. (laughs) So it'd just be like, oh, (laughs) getting (laughs) getting steamy. There's Tintin and the captain. And now they're done. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) I feel like that's a way to make people have confusing feelings about Tintin. (laughs) 
what is it about oh, that guy? Yeah. Like, why do I get these feelings? Oh, <laughs> I've woken something, man. <laughs> I'm trying to think if there was anything that my parents actively tried to censor. And honestly, I really, really don't think there was. Like, I was just let loose. Sorry for outing you, parents. But, <laughs> like... but I feel like in a way that's quite a good thing. I feel like... It's like the difference between, this is a bit of a leap, but the difference between attitudes in alcohol in various countries. Like when you're in France and they're like, we're having dinner, have a glass of wine, child. No, you know, like 13 year old yeah, or whatever. No, absolutely, and it means yeah. that there's no like big, oh, I'm going to sneak out and I'm going to oh, have, a drink. Drink. Oh, have a drink. It's yeah, like a big taboo. It's... Whereas in the UK, it's just like, oh yeah, I'm behind a as the chucking a Smirnoff ice or whatever. And mm. it, I think it builds it up as like, because as soon as you're it's told... It's a cool thing to do because it's like, naughty. Yeah, it's like, don't touch that hot plate. I'm like, well, I'm going to burn my hand I'm now. Go, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do that right now. Whereas if they put the plate down and just went, touch it, I'd be like, no, <laughs> why would I do that? <laughs> I told you the other day, didn't I? I mentioned it on, uh, I think I mentioned it on the podcast that Rithian fucking cracked the code with me. <laughs> Yeah. Don't watch this. Don't Bugger. click this link. <laughs> no, it wasn't even that, right? So I, I can cotton on to that, but he sent me a, a link and said, I don't think you'll have the attention span to, to read this. Oh, or he, has like, he didn't quite, you. Yeah, he didn't quite say it in like that harsh a way, but I was just like, oh yeah. Oh yeah. You want, you want to fucking go? So I was like, I'm going to read this whole damn thing and show you. <laughs> and then about three quarters of the way through, I was like, shit. <laughs> he He's got me. Got me. <laughs> <laughs> I saw a, a, a well a TikTok or a reel the other day, and yeah, it was just going through the whole you know the the resistance to being told what to do. Like someone's just doing something, like they're cleaning their room, and someone walks in and goes, "Oh, so you're cleaning your room? I was going to tell you to do that. Good job." And they just drop the Hoover and walk out. Like yeah. no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, that's me. <laughs> I just, I don't understand what it like. Why is the most annoying thing in the world being told to do something you were yeah. already going to do? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's oh, it's like we were speaking of arguing with Silas. We were playing Final <laughs> Fantasy the other day, and I think I was healing in some sort of dungeon or whatever. And then he just started telling me as a joke, like how to play as the healer. I think it was. No, it wasn't. It was. Um, it was a different healer that I'd had trouble with, and I was like, "Ah, oh, this one sucks. I don't want to use this one, so I'm going to go back to my my favorite." So he started trying to tell me how to do it, and I was like, "You're telling me everything I know, Xylus. You're telling me I know all of this. I, I, I've done all of this. I do all of this." And then he just carried on, like laying it on, <laughs> and I was like, "This is the way to really push my buttons. If you're telling me exactly what." No. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It's why, like, whenever I am like trying to tell someone about something, I'll always try to start off by saying, like, do you know about this? Because then they have the opportunity to be like, oh yeah. And I, I'll like try yeah. and like broach it first before just launching into, I assume you don't know anything about yeah. this. <laughs> that is so nice because yeah, when I don't know what it is and it, it must be part of the whole like resistance element of my brain like that doesn't like being told what to do yeah but the moment anybody sort of talks down to me like and it, this completely loops back to chat like when chat's like does she know about this has she been doing this and oh, it's the, the same like sort of thing you can't see them yes like you and can't like, yeah it's just <laughs> like talking like you don't know what you're doing and it's just like mm. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, like being talked down to and 
people assuming that you're basically you're silly and you don't know what you're doing. Yeah. That really winds me up. <laughs> that is one of the top tier ways to really get on my nerves. <laughs> yeah. It's like the whole thing about like, it's one thing for me to say, oh, you know, going to try and do this. Probably won't do it. What am I like? But if I say, oh, I'm going to do this and someone's just like, <laughs> no, you won't do that. I'm just like, I will now. I'm going to gonna die do doing this just to prove you wrong. Yep. <laughs> it's like, do you, do you find as well that if you plan to do something, you would rather not tell someone? Yes. Because if they check up on you, you're like, I don't want to do that now. Yeah. I don't want to do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I, I think I said to you guys that I wanted to go swimming and I still haven't gone swimming. And I actively didn't mention it to my mum because I knew for a fact the next day would come along and my mum would be like, have you gone swimming? And I'd be like, <laughs> no. <laughs> See, sometimes I do use it to my, like, if there's something that I really want to do that I know I'm going to try and get out of, then I will tell other people because that will then force me into it. So I do use that against myself as well. Yeah. So like when I was planning on doing the... Uh, veganuary recipe videos i was like in the late december i'm gonna tell everyone that i plan to do this because otherwise i'll get to the first of january and i'll be like no it's probably a stupid idea i'm not gonna try it i give up already so, i yeah, still I can't believe like i'm so impressed that you did the whole month like i would have done like one day if that <laughs> been like i foregore no point now that's the thing it's so difficult if you like miss one day or do like something slightly later is so easy to just be like, well, it's all ruined now. I give up. Shut yeah. it down. Exactly. And this is why like um, I've started doing crafting on streams. Like I've specifically set aside Sundays because if I don't have chat there to like body double with me, yeah. I won't do it. Like, I will not do it. So it's made it a really nice way of forcing myself <laughs> to do what I want to do. <laughs> <laughs> oh just chat is just therapy but also the cause no <laughs> yeah yeah it's give us yeah take it away <laughs> <laughs> oh dear do oh, me i don't why why your brains the way that they are yeah. it's like uh i'm uh, going back to ridian like i'm it's so nice that ridian has really started to to clock like how our brains work because yeah. bless him after we did the final fantasy rebirth brand deal he said to me like oh are you thinking about playing it and i said i would really love to yeah and he said well if it would help like we can just hang out and you can just play it and stream it and that way like you have company while you play it and i was like let us in stream it to him or on discord yeah and i was like that's such a nice idea and that would 100 percent make me play it <laughs> because if i was just on my own i wouldn't play it I want to, but I wouldn't because yeah. like if I see people in Discord, I'll be like, oh, I want to talk to my friends and I'll join them and then I'll just close the game. Yeah. So, so yeah, it's, it's, it's so nice. I was like, oh, thanks. <laughs> well, that's how I bloomin' got into streaming in the first place. Did Hollow Knight. Yeah, that's how you got into streaming. Exactly. Rhythian. Rhythian. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, I realized uh, on Friday... It was three years since we started streaming together. Astroneer. 
Then today is my partner anniversary. And then on Friday is my Yogscast anniversary. It's just a week of... Apparently, so I, many I just start doing stuff in February. February is the, the <laughs> month that I'm like, right, let's get this done. Hell yeah. And then it, the rest of the year is a bust. <laughs> Mine's the November anniversary month, I think. I, I Well, I don't know when I joined the Yogs. I think that was early in the year. But November yeah. was when I started streaming and when I got partner. Aww. But I don't know when I joined the Yogs. I can't remember what... Um, I think it was... Maybe like March, April, May, maybe. I started. I should find out. <laughs> January. It was January thirteenth was my first streaming day, but I forget it every year. I've never done anything for it. I forgot. I forgot. Would you like to hear? Yes. My second dream before I'm all out of dreams. Oh. Uh, again, absolutely no memory of this one. So <laughs> let's go. Three. Two, one, go. I had a dream that Alex and I had gone away for the weekend and I suddenly realised I hadn't checked up on who was looking after the bunnies. So I called them up. I was just like, hey, is everything okay with the buns? Um, they were like sounding really sad. So I was like, is everything okay? And uh, they were like, oh, I just found out I'm pregnant. I was like, what? And then, like, Alex's parents burst into the room, uh, just, like, talking to us. And I was like, I'm on the phone, I'm on the phone. And I was, like, trying to talk to my friend. Um, And then they left. And then all of a sudden, like, this film crew walked by outside the room um and then they walked into the room and like different people on the crew were sitting in different corners of the room having meetings and um lewis came in at one point and was chatting to me and oh there were like other people were talking about a calendar or something and then I started getting messages through from this bunny rescue saying like uh, oh this guy that we trusted he took all your account details and he hacked your accounts and stuff and the whole time I was like I just want to talk to my friend and see that they're okay and then I found a bat and the bat had two tiny babies and they were so cold and it was daytime. So I was like, I'll just pop them up my jumper so they can be warm on like on my chest. Um, so I just spent the rest of the dream like carrying this bat, like snuggling this bat. It was really, it was really cozy. And then eventually it was nighttime. So I got back to my room and I think I was trying to call like a bat rescue to see if they would take them. Um, I remember being in bed and I sort of transferred the bat to under the pillow because I was like, oh, they can stay snuggled under there. And then the dream sort of jumped to, I was in like, an underground and there was this lady who was maybe like a celebrity 
was walking along um, and there was this news reporter who was like trying to film her and like shouting at her and in the dream they were all talking Japanese so I was like I don't understand what's going on but I think I think they're bothering you sort of thing so I was trying to like protect her and we like went around the corner and uh she was like oh thank you we've lost them and then all of a sudden I looked down and there was this doll that kept walking like between my legs and it was really <laughs> annoying me so I was trying to stop it but it was being all clingy I didn't like it and yeah I think I just went back to the room and cuddled the bat a bit more after that I don't really remember the bat was very cute though <sighs> well bye 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 I don't know why it made me laugh so much but just <laughs> just saying and then there was a bat and it had it was two a babies bat. <laughs> Very cute bat. A cute little bat that I just shoved up my jumper. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, I, uh, uh blah, 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 blah. I, I reminded me of the dream where Navzi was a bat that I had. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this was a much more. Your bat was low nicer. maintenance bat. Yes, they were much more <laughs> low maintenance and they just wanted to be warm and snuggle. Snuggled up with their babies, little, little baby. Also, I took a note of the fact that these people were speaking Japanese. Yeah, which made me like think about like you know I've had dreams before where I think people are speaking in different languages, and at the time it's like so convincing. Like yeah. you know, you wake up and you're like, oh my god, they were actually speaking Japanese. I must know <laughs> Japanese. <laughs> And then it's all gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the bit where... Okay, so I... The one bit that I know why I had this, I, I had forgotten this dream, but I do remember it. Um, did you watch the trailer for... Oh, is it like the second Death Stranding game or something? Oh, God, yeah. And it had that little guy on his belt, like the little... Uh, yes the weird little doll thing it was because of that i had seen that trailer the night before and then it was as soon as i woke up i was just like i can't believe that little doll made it into my dreams (laughs) 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 it didn't look like him but i just knew that that was like where that had come from um dream directed by hideo kojima yes oh geez we've got no (laughs) chance of interpreting these anymore no my condolences (laughs) Um, I've looked up Bat. Uh, Bat. It says, because popular belief has it that bats are frightening to dream of bats indicates that there are thoughts and ideas within the unconscious that may reveal themselves with frightening potential. What Um, if they're not frightening? That's the thing. they're not. I was never scared of the little bat the whole time. They're cute. Yeah. I, yeah, I love bats. Um, Bats are so lovely. I mean, it was one of those bats that if it had been a real version of it, you know, the tiny ones that are just really angry and they've got the little snub noses and they're just angry at the world. They're tiny yeah. and they're angry and they're out for vengeance. It's a um, guy. It was one of those. Because I think that's the only bat that I've ever seen up close in real life is one of those. Because okay. um, we had one that came into the vet 
once. Aww. It was really horrible. The bat was lovely, but the situation was horrible. Um, some let this be a PSA. I was thinking, is this too sad to say? But I'm going to let it be a PSA to not do what this dumb person did. They decided to, you know, those like sticky uh, glue traps. Yes. Yeah. But the ones for insects. Yes. They had hung one of those up outside in their allotment. What? I know. Because, <laughs> you know, obviously try and catch insects in the outdoors. Yeah, outside. <laughs> okay. And this poor little bat had um, flown into it. So it got brought into uh, got brought into the vet and we had to oil it up. <laughs> Just Aww. had to cover it in oil. And then this like slick little bat slid off and it was so angry and covered in oil. <laughs> and then we had to clean the oil off of it. Like oh. like olive oil, like <laughs> it's just this greasy little bat, <laughs> and the whole time it was just there, like <laughs> we're like oh, <laughs> little, little guy, he's so bad. <laughs> um, so yeah, don't do that. Oh, don't use don't use glue traps at all. They're glue just traps are just horrible. They're really really inhumane, yeah. nasty. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, don't feel bad about bringing that up. Like. I don't know if I told you about my stream the other day where I just went off on one about animal welfare <laughs> for about two hours. <laughs> I All I heard of that was, Kirsty was looking at rats yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> that was the takeaway from it. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. Well, I, to be honest, I wasn't even talking much about rat like welfare. I mean, I think I probably started with that. Yeah. But then I just started talking about... Um, like domestic animals like when I worked at the RSPCA I think somebody mentioned like how it's a shame they couldn't go and visit uh, a rehoming centre after Covid and I was like as someone on the other side of that it was great when people couldn't <laughs> visit anymore <laughs> because the public are so dumb like and it just made life so difficult having them there you know yeah um, and then I elaborated on that for a long time <laughs> yeah it's like I see so many people on because I'm part of various uh, rabbit rescues and you get so many people who are like, oh, it's so unfair that I'm trying to I all I want to do is like adopt a bunny and they keep telling me I can't because mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. And then the rescue will always reply and be like. Um, well, we did tell you that you had to change this, this, and this about your housing situation and do this. And, and you then didn't. you and yeah, and you just didn't. You just ignored us and now you're complaining yeah. on the group. So it's yeah. on you. Like their job is literally to make sure that they these animals are well provided for exactly. and you're not doing that. So yeah. what do you expect? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So anyone that was in my stream the other day, welcome to part two. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no, we were basically just talking about the same sort of people that just don't listen. Like, you know, they think they know best and yeah. they don't listen. Like, especially when it comes to like uh, dogs or cats that have been like mistreated and they just think, oh, it's fine. You know, they just pet them a bit, give them some food. They'll be all right. And it's like, no, yeah. they are traumatized. And, you know, there are dogs that if you put your hand in their head, they'll go for you because, you know, they might have been bopped on the head, you know, a while ago or something. And just stuff like that you know they might have a horrible memory of someone taking their food so if you go near their food they're gonna go for you and yeah. you know we had people who um took a, a dog a, a, a terrier that was a little bit reactive and we said they will guard their bed they will guard their food give them space they took them home let him on the bed 
immediately. And when they tried to get him off the bed, he went for them. And it's and then they brought him back. Yeah. <laughs> and it was like, did you not listen to a word we said? <laughs> well, it's like, I mean, obviously a bunny isn't going to do as much damage, but our first bunny, Genevieve, she got adopted. And then I think they thought that she was just really unfriendly. So they took her back. Yeah. So we adopted her and I was like, whatever you do, that's fair dues. You've had a tough start. It's on me. If you do something, you just live your best life. And she would like, she basically just had no communication. She would like, if you stopped petting her, she wanted to tell you, I enjoyed that. Please do it more. But the only way she knew how was I'm going to chase you and bite your ankles. (laughs) So you have to do more. So obviously to other people, they're just like, oh my gosh, this, this mad little bunny is attacking me. But we just like, over the years, we just built up that communication and she felt safe and she became the cuddliest bunny I've ever had. She was so soppy. And it also turned out that, uh, she had a, a CT scan and she had a fractured spine. So every time she was like, she was just in a like pain all the time, but because yeah. there was no reason to assume that that was the case. Cause another PSA, if you pick up a bunny and you don't spot their bum, they will kick out and they will damage their spine. Um, yes. Always grab that booty. Grab and, that um, bo- that's obviously what had happened. And yeah, so she was just like in pain all the time, yeah. which is enough to make anyone grumpy. So as soon yeah, as she was absolutely. like, knew she was loved, was having pain relief. She was just, she was like, we would literally nap together every day. She was so squishy. She would flop into little spoon and we would cuddle. And it's just like, you just have to respect them on their terms. You can't expect them to just be like, like so many people get dogs and they see other dogs that are well-trained and they're just like, they just come like that. And it's like, no. Yeah. And so no, they do not. That's a lot of work has gone in. They absolutely do not. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, that's the thing. Like people just expect a perfect dog. And the problem is, like, it can happen from any source. You know, if they get it from a rescue and it's not perfect, they bring it back. And then they go and get a puppy. And obviously, it's not perfect because you have to train puppies. Yeah. So they bring it into a rescue. Yeah. (laughs) And then that puppy has abandonment issues and the cycle continues. It's just so, yeah. People, a lot of people just don't do the research before getting a pet and they don't give that pet the time and the attention and the training that they might need and just to let them you know settle in at the very least it's like you know I've told you the story about tabs and how you know uh, there was an old guy who had him reserved before I took him and the man took him home like he was in a carrier for a couple of hours on this drive poor tabs doesn't travel too well anyway I mean like he he's fine once he settles down but he's he doesn't like the carry, he doesn't like getting into it, doesn't yeah. like, you know, and uh, this man took him home, opened the carrier, Tabs ran out as he does and hid. Um, and I think this guy just tried to get him out immediately. He probably reached into wherever Tabs was hiding, which number one, don't put your hand in where a cat is hiding. <laughs> yeah. um, and Tabs either swiped at him or hissed, one of the two. So he bundled Tabs back into the carrier, brought him back to the centre, another couple of hours drive. And said, this isn't my cat. The cat that I reserved was Ginger. Huh? And <laughs> was very friendly. And this one's not friendly. This one Aww. hissed and swiped. And it's like, so that's the cat. His name is Mr. Tab Tabs. He is not Ginger. He is a tabby cat. <laughs> and he was like, oh, you're lying. I demand to see the, the place, the kennel that he was in. So he showed him the empty pod. And yep, there was no cat in there. And he's like, well, well, well okay, I believe you. 
I'll t- I'll be taking him now. And the manager was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, you won't be. No, you won't. You've just <laughs> brought him on a very long drive back and forth, stressed him out, brought him back. It was very rude. Yeah. So we'll just let him settle in here for a while. And then eventually, like, he didn't get back in touch and he took off the reserve. So, so I swooped in there. Yeah. But yeah, like, it was just, people just don't do the research and they don't, understand you know how to treat rescue animals especially and it's very sad and it makes our lives very difficult when we work in rescue (laughs) yeah i just want to help all the babies me too i was saying to my chat like i i am and we have gone over i'm so sorry so yeah i have actively had dreams about being back in um working in rescue like in uh, my RSPCA branch and yeah. like having to give in my notice or I go in there and they've got a timetable on the wall and I'm not on it and they've forgotten it's like stuff like that like and I'm like I left but I'm, I'm I have to be back here um on this day and this day for some reason and I need to give him and I've I've had dreams as well where like I've gone back and then quit and then gone back again and then quit and it's like <laughs> But like I, I don't miss being there, but I do miss the animals. And yeah, I, I, it made me, it made me laugh because when I was going off like this in my chat, um, my friend Damien, bless him, he was like, I think we're seeing a special interest uh, in in Kirsty uh, in right now. And I was like, you know what? You're fucking right. You're absolutely <laughs> right because whenever I start going off about animal welfare, I'm like blah 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 blah. Yeah, and I and I do really genuinely miss like being able to make a difference in that respect. It's just such a shame that my experience, like working in the rescue sector, was kind of poo. Um, but I do. Oh, I love working with animals, and I love being able to help them and make a change and try and educate people as well, which I know you love to do as well. Yeah, and yeah, I don't know how we got here, but. <laughs> Sorry again for going off on one. No, I'm <laughs> exactly the same. I'm like, it's like so many things, I guess because of being known as like a bunny person, I will get sent so many things of like, oh, look, I saw this bunny thing. And I'm always there like, okay, so here are three things that are wrong with this video. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep. It's like when you see like the video of like the hedgehog having a bath like you know floating yeah and it's like that poor boy is in shock like that is not a good thing and like people so many people ask me and let this be a psa to anyone who has ever or will ever ask me this question (laughs) has tabs met the bunnies yet no. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so many times. <laughs> no, like, and he, he, I'm, he, I'm sorry, but he never will. <laughs> he is a cat, and he would not get on with the bunny. Yeah, it's like every time, so like Mochi is staying, or if Tabs is staying, people are like, like, and I'll, I'll be doing a bunny stream, and I can see Mochi through the window because she wants to be in with me, and everyone's like, "Oh, let her in!" And I'm like, "No, no." <laughs> Like, she is a lovely doggo, don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, she's a doggo. Like, yeah. That would be like me, like, opening a rage, getting around, just putting it on the floor in front of tabs. Like, no. <laughs> Imagine if, like, your friend came around your house and they just brought, like, a bear. Yeah. Like, is, exactly. it, is it cool if Dave just hangs out with us? It's just, it's just like, bear met the dog uh, yet. Yeah. <laughs> But no, I get it because like there's so much stuff on the internet of like, oh, this bunny and this cat are best friends and stuff like that. And 
the thing is, those are very special instances, and uh, some yeah. a lot of the time with that sort of stuff as well, it shouldn't have happened. Um, yeah. It shouldn't have been a thing that happened. But I think in like I, I think in one of those cases, it's like oh, the the cat just had kittens, so she was very maternal. So when there was a bunny there, you know, she was very friendly to it, for instance, and. It's like the exception that yeah, proves the it's, rule. Exactly. It's an exception which shouldn't have really happened in the first place because it could have ended very badly. Yeah. Um, and it's nice that it didn't, but also it's very dangerous. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I would recommend not uh, introducing cats to bunnies or dogs to cats unless they have a history of being well dogs to cats can work but you need to be very careful yeah <laughs> a lot of the time they need to grow up together i think with dogs and cats but um it's still very risky it's like people asking me like oh what do the bunnies make of the hamster and i'm like the bunnies have no idea there's a hamster in this house why yeah. would they <laughs> why yeah. would i introduce them <laughs> yeah 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 it's like i was very lucky with um with tabs because when I had my rats he did not interact with them at all and they did not care that he was there like if yeah. he had tried to interact with them they would have just bit him on the nose but they, they didn't but they would have <laughs> and yeah. I think he knew that um and but even so like even despite the fact that I knew that if I ever got the rats out because they would have free room time every night tabs is out of that room you know he is yeah. not allowed in that room and even when I would like go away for the day and leave tabs at home, that door is closed because I don't know what he's going to do while I'm not there. You know? Yeah. Um, I trust him when I'm there because especially, you know, if something, you know, God forbid did happen, I would hear it because rats are very fucking loud. Yeah. Um, but it wouldn't um, on my watch, but I cannot trust him while I'm not there, you know? Um, but that takes you know, knowledge of your animals and time, you know, you have to sort of get to know them and know what they're like. And it's not something that should be done lightly, you know? Um, yeah. And you kind of need to monitor it as well. Like if the rats were suddenly like absolutely terrified, I'd be like, yeah, okay, you're not in this room now, ever. Yeah. And yeah, it's just, I don't know what I'm talking about, but it could, it's something that <laughs> you just... Just have you just, respect yeah. for animals. They That's have, it. That's the bottom line. Just have respect for them. And they are living creatures. Yeah. <laughs> Not playthings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Instagrammable toys. They're babies. Exactly. All of them. I yeah. I I I feel like when I was at uni, and I'm sorry, I will stop talking soon because we're so late. But um, I wanted to go into like animal welfare legislation, like. My big thing in my final year of uni was I wanted to try and shape like uh, research animal, like lab animal legislation, like and try and help them because there's there's been so much progress with them. Like because the sad thing, obviously, like a lot of people know about with research animals is when they're done with the research. And sorry, like close your ears if you don't, you know, if this is upsetting, but they are often cold, and yeah. that is a fact. Like and it's so sad. But there have been like developments because of this sort of, you know, group of people that help with legislation and stuff that stops that from happening. And a lot of the time, like they will be rehomed or, you know, if they can and stuff like that. Um, and obviously, like cosmetics and stuff, I, as far as I'm aware, you can't test on animals in this country, I think. Yeah, I the could thing be wrong. you have to watch out for with that is if anything is sold in China, 
it has to be tested on animals. So if yeah. something says we don't, but then they also have a China branch, you do. Yeah. It then, just means yeah, in the UK we don't. But yeah, yeah. So yeah. But yeah, there's just this pretty sneaky. It's very sneaky. But yeah, that was the big thing. And so yeah, I, I think I'd be probably pretty okay at it because I can talk for England when it comes to animals. <laughs> <laughs> that was my point. <laughs> yeah. Oh <same. laughs> uh, wow. yeah, God. I'll stop talking now, but thank you for coming to my TED talk. <laughs> uh, we've given everyone a lot of PS PSAs. You better uh, pay attention to all of those. If we catch yes. any of you doing anything that goes against them, you'll be in so much trouble. So much trouble. So much trouble. So much. Um, but thank you, Kirsty. Thank you, Brain. A lovely talk and listening to my nonsense dreams my bats oh yeah PSA don't shove bats up your jumper don't touch bats that's illegal <laughs> it is literally illegal I'm gonna stop I'm gonna stop talking. it's illegal don't touch bats do don't not shove them up your jumper even if or you're shove them up your jumper don't even grab warm. them don't even move them you cannot move them if you have a bat it's illegal <laughs> you'll be arrested by the bat police oh. I'll stop I'll stop now quick do the outro <laughs> thank you everyone for listening <laughs> Thank you, Kirsty, for a lovely chat. And until next time, bye-bye for now. Bye-bye for now.